Welcome to Have Movies Will Game, the only podcast on the globe where we take you, our friendly listener, through the best and worst movies of yesterday and today, and then discuss ways that you can play them at your gaming table. But the fun doesn't stop there, no siree! Every few episodes, our intrepid hosts, Matthew, Dusty, and Nathaniel, will ask you, the listener, to vote on which movie they will play as an RPG, recorded in video and in glorious black and white, and brought to you through the electronic wonder of the internet. Now, let's start the show! Hi there, everyone, and thanks for joining us. We are here today to talk about V for Vendetta, and as always, I'm Matthew. And I'm Dusty. And I'm Nathaniel. Today's movie is, as we just said, V for Vendetta. We are going to... uh, talk about the movie here yep. dusty's done a lot of stuff oh, and God, uh yeah, this movie has a lot but we I haven't condense it in a while no, I know. it's been a little bit so this yeah. might be a little shaky it's been yep. a few weeks yeah it might be shaky for you i'm getting drunk um <laughs> then nathaniel will bring us into the gaming side of things and uh i will provide a campaign hook and we'll decide the game and we'll put it in for the voting speaking of getting drunk that, yeah those couple of shots of uh yeah that's 114 that's definitely considering that's the... i haven't other than these grapes that i'm munching on i haven't had anything since like 7 15 this morning when all so. other whiskeys were banned, old granddad <laughs> stayed as medicinal whiskey. Mm-hmm. They've had a lot of time to get their shit right. <laughs> I introduced someone at trivia last night, one of my one of my table mates, to uh, um, an old fashioned. Why? I like them. It's sugar and bitters and booze. I like them. Yeah, old fashioned's <laughs> pretty good. I prefer Manhattan's myself. Eh, Manhattan's for yeah. me a little hard. You but... know, it takes away from the booze when you guys do that, right? <laughs> You know what I drink. I do. <laughs> <laughs> that, that rum, coke, and pineapple concoction from time to time. Yeah, I mean, it's I haven't in a while. Cheaper I got, than getting... I, I got tired of the meh, looks from you and Vince. <laughs> we are snobs. <laughs> uh, that's fine. One day, I, I like to think ideological purists. One day I'm going to uh, surprise somebody. I think I'm going to wait till it's like Maddie. Be like, hey, Maddie, I want some coke and wine. <laughs> He'll probably run you out. <laughs> no. No, he'll serve it, but he'll judge you. <laughs> well, you know what? That's fine. I'm getting drunk. Don't care. All right. So, V for Vendetta. This yes. is one of my favorite movies of all time. You, this, the, you mean the poor man's version of The Count of Monte Cristo? No, I mean the, the good version of The Count of Monte Cristo. <laughs> That's basically what I think V for Vendetta is. Find your is. own tree. No, this is better. Okay, <laughs> it's, you mean it's Stockholm Dark... Syndrome, the movie. There's that, yeah. too. Yeah. No, this is a really good movie. I, I've always enjoyed it. It's wrong. It Why? is fucking wrong. And Why? here's where the... this. Okay, so this is where because the political guy starts right here. It gets him wrong in every single possible level. We took about the three whole, minutes to get into the political spectrum The of whole this. glorification <laughs> of Guy Fox and turning him into some fucking rebel. Hold for just one this second. Movie. That is not the political spectrum. The political <laughs> spectrum is coming. It's not even coming. This is <laughs> history. Okay. Guy Go. Fox. This this movie it glorified Guy Fox so much so that an entire nation of Americans believe that the fifth of November is a holiday celebrating this comic book. <laughs> Whereas no. the, yeah, the, they believe that European or that uh English. England's the English the celebrate English. Guy Fox. No, no, they burn him in they effigy. They celebrate his death. <laughs> remember, remember the fifth of November. You should not. You should remember this. I know of no reason the fifth of the the, the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Is so people don't fucking do that shit again yep. because Guy Fox was a papist asshole. Well, you know, um, you know, this is <sighs> a, I feel strongly about this. An, an alternate universe, right? What was what was the point of of uh, what was the point of alternate being Guy Fox actually being cool or something? No, like, no, no. It's um, this is uh, fascism is one, 
Mm-hmm. America has lost World War II. England yep. has lost and World War II. Actually, we're going through another civil war at the same time. Yeah. This is going well, on. this is no. This is also significantly further in the future than now. Did yeah. You see the dates. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, I don't the, think it's an alternate timeline. I think it was simply meant to be the future. I, I, I think Robin Hood already having been taken, there wasn't much else that they could have picked from for well, a. They could have just picked Robin run. Hood again. <laughs> I'm not just saying. <laughs> Robin Hood never gets old. He's timeless. Yeah, Robin He's Hood does get old when Russell Crowe plays Robin Hood. Oh, did that happen? Yes. Yeah. Was it worse than He Who Shall Not Be Named? <laughs> yes. Really? Yes. That, that's a hard you guys thing ever to saw be worse that? than. No. Yeah, uh, Russell Crowe played Robin Hood, and Kate Blanchett is like Maid Marian. Well, I don't remember. I don't remember which one like, of you told me to watch it after the Three Musc- the Three Musketeers. But there is a Robin Hood TV show. That's me. yeah. That's, that's pretty good. good. Yeah, yeah. That's where I started watching it. It's a little hipsterish, yeah. but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I also started watching the Three Musketeers 1960 show, and it's hard, <laughs> but God <laughs> blessed. <laughs> anyway, I'm, ju- I'm just saying there's not a lot of uh, anti-establishment, which you know, right or wrong, Guy Fox was figures. Well, I mean, yes, to choose from. You notice he also thinks of himself as a monster in this movie. That this new world he's creating isn't for him. So it seems fitting that he dons the face of a monster. No. Okay. No. I get that. I get that he thinks he's a monster. But he glorifies Guy Fawkes. Right? The entire opening crawl mm-hmm. was just Guy Fawkes was great. Guy Fawkes was great. It even completely missed the part that Guy Fawkes was a coward up to his own death who leapt off the side so that he wouldn't have to face his punishment. They didn't yeah. even show that in the movie. They just showed him hanging there. But that's not what happened. Maybe that is the point of maybe that is alternate history. Yeah. Maybe it's from an alternate history where Guy Fox actually wasn't a papist. Well, asshole. anything that's outside of the you know we've we've clean, seen, yeah. especially with this movie, actually you know had foreshadowed a lot of of what's starting to go on now politically. But I think it's a, one of those things where if it's not within somebody's direct realm, they're not going to really care about the history of it. So I think everybody that went to go see this movie at the, when it came out was like, I have no idea what history is, so. This looks fun. Yeah, I came to see Prothero be Rush Limbaugh as he's screaming in the shower and swallowing handfuls of pills. <laughs> yeah. I, came, I mainly came to see it when I was uh, younger because this what was this? 2006. Yeah, it was, mm, was, was 11 years ago. Yeah. And I remember somebody was like, you can see Natalie Portman's nipples in it. Oh, and I went and saw it. And, yep. <laughs> if you want to see more of her, go see the movie Closer. Now, yeah, I've heard it's. It, you know, I've heard it's dark. It it is dark. Yeah. Uh, mm. Was she in Black Swan? Was yes. That Natalie Portman. That, yeah, that movie was Mi- dark. Uh, Mila Kunis. Oh. Okay. Good anyway, that's a good movie. Anyway, though. one thing that really bothered me is he was specifically talking about Guy Fox being a champion of people and freedom, but he wasn't. No, he, he never, was a champion. Where did you get that? Right when from the, say he that? talks about like freedom, freedom of the common man. And the whole where opening, did he, beginning of the movie? Was he about talked that. about. That and he wore the Guy Fox mask, but he never referenced Guy Fox specifically. At the first two minutes of the movie is a are, flashback, yeah. not him speaking. Well, no, but then he goes. <laughs> I mean, okay, sorry, <laughs> he does talk about it. We'll go back and watch it and find this. He specifically talks about Guy Fox being freedom, you know, a champion of freedom. But Guy Fox wanted it's to simply inferenced, but it's not. It's not directly stated. Guy he, Fox was nothing but a a fall guy who took the blame. The guy who was just whole. All he was was the guy holding the wick mm-hmm. when the people arrived of a terrorist group who wanted to install a religious government over the current government of England. Right. So, and thank you, this movie, for making Guy Fox masks the most goddamn annoying things on the internet and filling them in every riot ever 
with nothing but anarchists who wear these because they're cowards. I have strong opinions. And you wondered if it was going to get apolitical. Yeah. (laughs) I have now had three shots of 114 (laughs) and fuck Guy Fox. I think this movie just tells me that if you're going to be a crazy vigilante or terrorist, that it's important to be well-spoken, witty, Mm -hmm. deadly, and on the side of the masses. Yeah. Yeah. Hugo Weaving. Yeah, that, that helps to too. Hugo if you yeah. have a bassy yeah. voice, that that's gonna take you far. Mm-hmm. I did. It, I did repeatedly expect to hear Mrs. Anderson. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So did I. Many, 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 every movie he's in, like in Lord of the Rings, throw it into the, into Mount Doom, Mr. Anderson. You know, that's just, I, I, I like this because it's a blueprint for basically what happened, and seeing as how it was eleven started fourteen years ago. Mm-hmm. A lot of it came just about the right way. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a fairly... What, the predictions yeah. of the future? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Currently, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, High Chancellor Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Trump Palpatine. Oh. I would have uh, enjoyed it without the, uh, the whole Lark Hill story, you know, where the political prisoners were sent to be experimented on and the criminals were sent and... That was Wachowski heavy-handed writing in action. Yeah. Yeah. Which is odd because a lot of it was really subtle. A lot of it was well balanced, like the the Rush Limbaugh Prospero thing. That well, that was laying it on with a trowel. I accept yeah. that that was not subtle, um, but a that lot was pretty a, awesome though. Yeah, a lot of it was was uh, it, it wasn't thrown in your face as it is in in movies these mm-hmm. days. Commonly, it was just uh, laid out for you to to think about and make your own There's deductions. Breadcrumb. Bread yeah, it is interesting watching it, and you like the moment you see someone on screen, you're just like, they're gonna die. Yeah, yeah. they're gonna die. And you probably have a good idea how. Uh, what do you got on this, Dusty? <laughs> well, as it was, it is the adaptation of Alan Moore's and David Lloyd's graphic novel. Which Great graphic novel. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And much like when we when we did it, we're I, I don't want to do too much of like what's different from the graphic novel. Versus yeah, what's yeah, that's the movie, fair. Because that in itself can take up a whole podcast. So this is just the movie. And if you haven't seen the movie. As always, there are spoilers, so go and check out the movie right now. We'll be here waiting when you get back. Just hit pause, as Matthew always says, right? I, I said it once, actually. Nathaniel's oh, been saying okay. it. Oh, well, whatever. Yeah, spoilers, movies, that's that's us. Yeah. <laughs> so it does star Hugo Weaving and <laughs> Natalie Portman as a vengeful anarchist and his protege fighting a fascist government in the near future, as we spoke a moment ago about future England. Uh, and it was a critical and commercial success for the Wachowskis. Uh, it was their largest since The Matrix came about, and also as Nathaniel uh, bemoaned, it pl- it uh, popularized the guy Fox masks and has been a favorite of real life protesters since then. Uh, it also has a body count of seventy three people. That sounds about right. Nah. That's it. Yeah, seventy three. They're it. only knives. You're fighting guns. No, which is one of the best scenes. Bullets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that whole knife scene towards the end is one of the best scenes. But uh, so we have Natalie Portman as Evie. I think most everyone knows who Natalie Portman is, but in case you don't, she is known for Leon the Professional, Black Swan, uh, Star Wars Episodes 1 through 3, Thor and Thor the Dark World, and as we mentioned just a few moments ago, Closer. So what her alignment? (laughs) Fucking fine now. (laughs) She bounces all over the place. All of the characters were so cardboard. Lawful good. 
Awful good? Yeah. yeah, might as well. I mean, everybody. I don't, I don't think they were cardboard. I thought. I thought. I think the characters were well written. Every them. character was an extreme really? cardboard caricature. Like the yeah, wow. they were all just like straight out of. Oh comic my god! Book. I'm going to demand really? you get those tight pants on. Or <laughs> we'll wear glasses. Hey, you know what? You remember how he hated Ninja Turtles? Well, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I tore into him too. <laughs> so I'm gonna do that. I'll take it. You're I hated it, this movie. Yep. I, right. I remember seeing watching it this week to kind of catch up and get ready and realizing, oh yeah, that's right. That's why I haven't watched this ever again because it's awful. Beyond Guy Fox, what? The characters are terrible. Why? Not a single character is interesting. The only interesting Even character, v? the only interesting character, I would wager, is the cop, and probably not even the cop. Why don't you like V? What? Why don't you like V? Again, he's just a caricature. He's just I. He's just the unstoppable badass. I don't like he, unstoppable badass. He, he very much stopped. Yeah, they sent him in with flowers because he was dead. Yeah, he achieved he's also his been... goals. And in the comics, he. She becomes his protege. Mm-hmm. He is nothing but an unstoppable badass, and I hate unstoppable badass. But he's also been also, experimented on. long so hair with things... blades. Don't like long hair with blades. Come on, Sephiroth. It's, it's been done. It's called fiction. Sephiroth. For a reason. It's been done. He is what, I what really TV liked Tropes refers to as the badass long coat. That he didn't take his revenge. He left it to her as... Yeah, that was I mean, you, you're thing. talking about to her cardboard after and the Stockholm growth. Syndrome had set in. <laughs> like, come on. I don't know, man. I, I don't really I think know. you're talking no, about your I don't ass really on know this. if it was Stockholm I think Syndrome. You, I think you don't like Guy Fox, and you are such a history nerd that that poisoned the whole movie for you. I'm not even a history nerd. I didn't even know who Guy Fox was until this movie. And then until you read I the Wikipedia this, page? And then I was like, this can't be true. This I mean, this is odd from right. the man who brought me Nightbreed. I'm just saying. That's a higher standard. I think it's Nightbreed a much is a better story. Nightbreed. Oh, Nightbreed. my oh, God. Wow. <laughs> that said, oh, I think I need another shot. <laughs> <laughs> just wait till we get to the gaming session. <laughs> oh, but but all the characters are caricatures. They are They are like political cartoons in action. They have no personality and nothing. They have no redeemable qualities. And again, I know you didn't want to go into the comic, but in the comic, you think all Natalie of the Portman characters too? are people. All of the bad guys are people. You see their points of view. They are not extreme, you know, talking. They're, they're not. Yeah, Mouse you have a 400 page graphic novel that has to be whittled down to. Um, to be you fair, know, two hours. Yeah, well, whittled less than down two hours. To a 40 page graphical novel commentary on the times with interesting points that need to be made. They did the same with, with Watchmen, and they still preserved the characters. Say what you will about that movie, they they were true to the characters in the comic. In this movie, they weren't. They were just now... So you're saying yeah. that the Eevee character was also cardboard? Basically. Yeah, I yeah. completely disagree. How? Yeah. I didn't really get a read on her. I didn't. I didn't really? figure out. I had no I mean, history. She bounced back and forth yeah. between. I had no sympathy with her. Morals, she, even. No, really? She she moral just, chased by the, chased by the state, hidden. He decides to make her into something like him by giving her. Well, he gave her um, a choice. Any character that is introduced as a damsel in distress in my books, it's kind of low. It's bad writing. I don't think she was introduced as a damsel in distress. She was reading a. She was watching a newspaper. Walked outside and almost got raped. Yeah. That's her introduction. Come on. Like, I don't think the Wachowskis would write that today. No, because, you know, knowing people the kind in of tight people, jeans would tear it apart. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, <laughs> I just don't think they would. Yeah. I don't All think right. it's a good movie. 
Okay. No, that's fine. I mean, I went no, off on fine. 90. You're wrong, and that makes you a bad person because I don't agree with all right, this podcast's over. It's done. <laughs> no. um, honestly, I, I, I think I think you're being a little harsh, but I mean, you're allowed to do that. I've also okay. It's, it's okay I'm, to be I'm wrong. Being, it's I'll okay be to be wrong forever being, on the internet, preserved for posterity. Lot, especially if you go in the wayback machine. <laughs> I, I am being a lot harsher and more intense the old with that harshness currently because I've had three shots of 114 old granddad. But uh, it's a bad craftsman that blames the tools. Yeah, take some of that, would you? Do you think there's any like? The oh, notes. I hated this movie so much. I think all of my notes for it are less than ten words yeah. to combine. The Good first thing three I've being, got five pages of notes. Then. The first beat three being fuck guy fox. The second being lol Stockholm syndrome. Like, come on. So anyway, there, there was about a half. We were talking there. about alignments. I'll go with a lot for good. Why not? I don't care about her. Okay, so <laughs> okay. moving into Hugo Weaving playing V. Another well-known actor. He's also known for the Matrix trilogy, The Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings series, Captain America, the First Avenger, the Transformers series, and Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, to Thank name you. many. So <laughs> what do you think? What do you think of him his portrayal of V? I thought it was great. All right. What about you? He's okay. I, I don't like the badass long coat characters. It's just a character thing. I thought Hugo Weaving was awesome. Uh, yes, and uh, portraying that character. I think you have a fetish for real people. I, do. I, don't, I don't think you like heroes. I don't. I do not like supers. I don't like. Why do you watch characters. fiction then? What? Why do you watch fiction? It depends. I generally like the ones with realish people. So I like I like stories that could have happened with real people. Okay. You know, I tend to get into that kind of stuff. Like even when I play D and D, unless I'm just like running a pull out my ass dungeon crawl for people that I don't care about or mm. characters I don't care about, and I'm drunk. <laughs> if I'm running a game that I want to like, I want characters that have goals. And you see, I like heroes. I'm surrounded by the unwashed masses and their sniveling little problems and their tiny, tiny little triumphs all my life. I like real heroes. I like heroes. I, I love Mr. Supers. Rogers, a real hero. Yeah. I, I, like I, I love Anna heroes, too. So. Yeah, but would you pay 20 bucks a pop and then 20 more for popcorn to go see a story about him? About Mr. Rogers? Yeah. I would pay to go to see a a movie a biopic about mr i want to see seth rogan play mr rogers <gasps> i would pay to see <laughs> seth rogan play mr rogers i don't want to live on this planet anymore <laughs> or joseph gordon levitt i i think so initially anyway. <laughs> james purfoy played v but who, he left he? james purfoy uh, I know that name. He's been in a bunch of movies did he come but, up in a recent movie was he supposed to be cast in something like it uh, is he I maybe supposed so, to be the, yes. one of the sixty? It's possible. Yes, <laughs> I mean. uh, he was in uh, Mansfield Park. Uh, he was also in A Knight's Tale. He played Edward, the Black Prince of Wales, uh, slash Sir, Sir Thomas Colville. God, that was an awful movie. I love that. What movie? movie? A Knight's Tale. Uh, Resident Evil. It was funny. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Solomon Kane, John Carter, and uh, recently coming up in Churchill, he's playing King George the okay. Sixth. Um, but he initially was playing V in this movie, but he left citing difficulties wearing the mask for the entire film. (laughs) He saw the future. He was replaced by Hugo Weaving, obviously. Neutral good for V? Chaotic. I'd go chaotic good. Yeah, I'm going to have to say chaotic. All right. I I think chaotic. But definitely good. I don't actually see him harm any innocence. Well, except for her. I mean, he had a purpose for it. 
Well, I think he he was just wanting to open her eyes. That was the whole thing. He was yeah, trying. You he can was want giving to open her your eyes and remove someone's eyelids. He that doesn't make you a good her person. A <laughs> you know, right. it, it was hard for me to actually put good on that. I mean, I think principled. If you want to take it in the well, rough direction, you like, but I, I think he knew um, she was already up to that like that point where she just needed to be tipped, and he was just giving her that option. So Stockholm syndrome with a purpose. No, I don't yeah. think it was Stockholm syndrome at all. Oh, it totally was. It totally. Now, yeah. while that's a turnoff for Nathaniel, <laughs> I, I can I, I can agree with what it was, mm-hmm. but in a strange justifying the means kind of way, you know. Okay, if you present it like that, I can. I can. Yeah, I'll go. I mean, with it. Nathaniel's not wrong. He straight up did some bad things to that lady, and he shouldn't have. Yeah. In and in a perfect world, he was training protege. Yeah, he wouldn't have. But when you're making a psychotic terrorist, you can't really follow the normal but, societal codes but it, in making them. If you if you look at the the the, sim, uh, the symbolism behind it, he walks through the fire. Oh no! I, and I love that. Scene. Yeah, and then and then, and then when she when she accepts everything, she's in the water, and that's yeah, yeah. the whole redemption thing. So. And you know it is pretty shitty when one character's redemption is another person's Stockholm syndrome. Though, like he redeemed himself by torturing her. Is that what you're saying? Like, no, I, th- <laughs> I think it's not what I was. I think it's, it's a good her point, redemption. But yeah, her. Why did she need to be redeemed? She was a boring, milk toast kind of character. Yeah. What was the redemption? I mean, is that even a life? Does it deserve not to be molded, changed? <sighs> All of those other people were redeemed nice. by being allowed to redeem themselves on their own by putting on that costume and coming to a protest. He, they didn't get tortured. They, they wouldn't have protested without the two of them, though. What? Why? What do you well, mean? technically, just him. Just okay. him. I mean, she didn't chip in anything on a massive mailing. She I just mean... pulled the lever at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He could have pulled that lever on his own right before he passed out. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I honestly, I really do like that he left it up to her. I think that was good. Okay. It doesn't make up for it. <laughs> then we have Stephen Ray, who played Finch. <laughs> I thought uh, he was great. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Uh, he was also in Fear.com, The Musketeer, The Crying Game, Underworld, The Awakening, and one of my favorite characters, even though it was a small character, uh, he was in Interview with a Vampire. Who was he in that? Uh, he was... Oh, fuck, I just forgot the name. When Louis goes uh, to Paris and he, he meets up with... Um, Oh uh, yeah, no, no, no! I got you. Yeah, this, I got you. He I'm played there. the trickster. Yeah, yeah, the one that put Claudia and and the other woman in the well and mm-hmm. let him burn. Uh, I forget his name. I can't. I, That's I, right. I blame the old, old granddad. So uh, sounds like Stockholm syndrome to me. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to go out in the rain. Yeah, you know, it's raining outside, so I'll go outside and I'll just, be redeemed. Just, right? just cry yourself free and raise uh, your arms. I already shaved my head, so. <laughs> Uh, so, what do you think of uh, what do you guys think of his uh, alignment? So, I would say somewhere in other between, than cardboard. No, I no, he was no, the only he, interesting character. He definitely me. had a yeah. character arc with growth. Yeah, he did. Unlike uh, everyone else who just had character arcs with growth. No, everybody, <laughs> nobody else in this whole fucking movie had character arcs with any kind of growth. I, every character in this movie had growth of some um, kind. No, 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 he's he's not wrong. But there were others. It wasn't just him. Okay, maybe John Hurt didn't have I growth. Think the no, more John, John Hurt was very much John a, a talking head. <laughs> and he, he played that until the end. Until They were all awful in every Until way. his death, yeah. which was nice. It was nice to see him break down. Yeah. To I reveal think, the cowardice at the, at the end of the hate. So to answer your question, I would say that he was somewhere between lawful good and lawful neutral. Because he, he was a member of the party, mm-hmm. and he believed in the party. 
But he also, we never see him do anything bad. And he seemed to genuinely care and think hard about the consequences yeah. of his action. He was I on a sliding say, scale. I, I yeah. would agree with lawful neutral. Yeah. Because, as you say, he was he was involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was certainly in the higher ranks. It's not like he was a nameless foot soldier. No. He sat down. Uh, the guy knew his name. You know, that this was a thing. So, he was in the Council of Five. Yeah. But I, in order to restore balance, which I think is a very important part of being neutral, he chose this action. So, yeah, lawful neutral is mine. What about you? I would agree with that. Okay. The reason I go with good is that he had sympathy in his heart. Mm-hmm. He seemed to, like, he never immediately did something good, but he was clearly not okay with evil. Yeah. And, like, upon learning of the awful things that the party did, he was hurt by it. Yeah. So, While taking reports from the Fingerman rapist. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, there was His that. boys on the street. Yeah, there was that whole thing with the Fingerman, and it was, they were called that because, uh, you know, the Chancellor was the head. The television station was supposed to represent the, the mouth. The visual and audio surveillance was the eye and the ear. And Finch um, was uh, the no- part of the nose. Mm-hmm. That was his whole thing. And then. Uh, what was the other guy's name? Creedy was that part of the hand. Yeah. So now Creedy, yes, one dimensional, very one dimensional. Yeah. Okay. I, I I agree with you on that. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So Stephen Fry, who played Dietrich, what did you guys think of? Cat him? Good. Oh, I thought he was great. Yeah. Stephen I, I, fucking think, Fry. I, I know it was yeah, a great I, character. I'll give him that. Thanks. Yeah. Stephen Fry's pretty and good. very yeah. very uh, empathetic. I mean, when when he's talking about the problems he was facing mm-hmm. in a in a fascist regi- regime, and the being things that he gay, liked, yeah, uh, um, dude. I mean, he said it with like this quiet dignity, and that was, I mean, that was that was a really good scene. Yeah, it was. He I said mean, in an interview what what drew him towards the part above everything else. He said, "I get to get beaten down to a bloody pulp, and that's what inter- interests me the most." He's like, "I get to be clubbed to death." I thought that was kind of interesting. I've never heard it. Does he die? Speaking of which, Club to Death is a song by Rob D on mm-hmm. the Matrix soundtrack. Yeah, I know. It's uh, Wachowski bringing it back. Yeah, it's one of my uh, favorite um, songs, yeah. and it's great to work out at the gym because it's seven minutes and 26 seconds. And yes, he did die. Huh. Yeah. Uh, he was also known, Stephen Fry was known among it's many. Stephen Fry. <laughs> I know. It's Stephen Fry. Uh, <laughs> Alice Through the Looking Glass, The Hobbit series, Twelfth Night, Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows as Mycroft. Uh, he made a great Mycroft too. He made a better Mycroft than the BBC Mycroft, I think. I which BBC? No, the, the one with uh, Benedict uh, High Cheekbones, Cumberbatch. The, the yes. Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. But, I like no, him. you know he's yeah. a great Sherlock. I love him. But that's the writer. You know that. Yeah, movie. I know. Yeah. I know. He's all, he's also done a lot of. Who uh, else was in here from Doctor Sherlock? Who. So I think Stephen Fry is also known from. You what? Know, Who else Britain? was in here from Sherlock? <laughs> yeah, like everything in Britain. Britain. <laughs> <laughs> Who else was in here from Sherlock? The new series? Uh, yeah. I don't know. The cop that the other cop was always talking to. Oh, yes. Okay. That's Inspector Lestrade. The, inspe- yeah. Oh, that's Lestrade? Lestrad? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. He was actually really more competent in this yeah. movie than oh, he was yeah. in the okay. Lestrade is always the fall guy for yeah. Sherlock. I mean, yeah. in every version, and, Lestrade and, is bumbling. Yeah. yeah. Then we have John Hurt as Adam Sutler. And... I loved, I loved Again, the John cinematography Hurt. in this as they slowly go into his poisoned. Oh, the cinematography is amazing on as this. he's just speaking this poison. Yeah, and it's just as it it starts on his eyes, right? It mm-hmm. starts like here, but the focus is on the eyes, and you're seeing them flash, and like it goes into 
and his his cheeks aren't moving, which means he's he's not really engaged because his eyes aren't getting smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just it goes into these poisoned yellow, gross yeah. black gum teeth. It is such a good shot. It was a good shot. The cinematographer was amazing. Oh, in oh, the whole the thing, the cinematographer yeah. was the star of the show. And in my opinion. I, I have to say, you know how I always bitch about Foley. I don't have any of that here. No. No, no, the Foley, Foley was, was incredible all throughout this. They had a good sized budget, so they could afford yeah. to. Uh, for those of you who don't know, John Hurt, if you've been under a rock, uh, is also known for Alien, Hellboy, Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy. Everything uh, good. John yeah. Hurt's been in. I was in the Doctor Who as the War Doctor, Snowpiercer. Yeah, he o- was. Only Lovers Left Alive as Marlowe, which if you haven't seen that movie, go see it. Snowpiercer was. Yeah. That's the uh, train one, right? Yeah. 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 Where the, where the world is done and you have to go yeah. forward and back on. Yeah, I, I, I need to see that. I've been, that movie. <laughs> I've been meaning to see that movie and uh, I haven't gotten around the to Harry it. The Harry Potter series and Lord of the Rings, the animated, he played Aragorn. He was the voice. Holy shit, that's right. Yep, he who was is, the voice of Aragorn. Who is he in the Harry Potter movies? Uh, he is Ollivander, the one that the, sells the wands. <laughs> yep. I only know but that name is in, Ed uh, Vanders. Because... Was he in Pirates too? I don't know. God, he's been no, in a movie. No, I think you're thinking of Bill Nye. If you haven't, you should watch Wizard People, Dear Reader, which is the Brad Neely overdub of the original Harry Potter's movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ed Vander's, that character, the the overdub is hilarious. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'd say chaotic neutral. Really? He will do anything to I would say get what he wants. N- I would anything. say lawful evil. No, he's lawful. he's no Vader. No, he's far from Vader. No. Well, okay. Again, remember, these are just nine things. There are shades in every no, single no, one. No, no, we get oh, that. Great, but yeah. I, I'm saying, I'm saying, uh, chaotic evil because he will just, he he will he has no personal compass. Okay. It's what he wants. I think a chaotic evil person would be okay with destroying their own foundation, and he really wasn't. He was. He was directly say, threatening three of his underlings. Well, which would be his that's foundation. That's just evil, evil overlord action. <laughs> Come on, that's evil overlord one on one, dude. You clearly haven't taken that course. We should. I should have my people talk to your people, and we'll set that up. I think if we're going to go that route, I would say maybe neutral evil because he was, but he was so law. He was the fucking president, you know. That doesn't necessarily make you lawful. It kind of does. Does no, it? Really? Have you read the newspaper does lately? What? Well, <laughs> no. No, no, no. again, there's a difference between lawful and the neutrality of the law is the support and the power behind the law. Whereas evil is I'm going to use the law and abuse the law for my own gains. Oh, agreed. Only thing I ever saw him do was use and abuse the law. I don't really, never really got much of a, again, sh- cardboard character. He was nothing but a caricature of a talking head. Like, he was Big Brother. Yeah, I'll agree to disagree. Yeah. Then we have uh, Tim Pickett Smith, who played Creedy, who was... I don't care, NPC. Okay. <laughs> Do you... I mean, this is the one where I, I agree yeah. with you. Just, I mean, lawful evil and let it go with that. Okay. He was a caricature of an evil, yeah. of an, of an evil henchman. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. was yeah. henchman number one. Which is pretty much all he's played. He's played uh, an evil henchman in Quantum of Solace, <laughs> an evil henchman in Alice in Wonderland, an evil henchman in Gangs of New York, yep. an evil henchman-ish... In Flyboys and uh, probably every 1990s and then like crime one show decent, ever, <laughs> one good role in Johnny English. God, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what What was the name of the Lestrade character? Uh, did you Finch. get Did Finch. you get him? Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, Finch was oh! his boss. It was no the no. the the other cop. He I actually has a lot it. of yeah a lot of 
you know, speaking parts I in this. I did kept expecting him to betray at some point, but he never did. I did too. Yeah. Ambrose, maybe? No, Something like that. He always plays a cop, though. I want to say Ambrose. Oh, Rupert Graves. Oh, Graves? There it is. Yeah. Rupert Graves. He played, his name was Dominic. I don't know. The fried slice is, of course, lawful good. So delicious. The fried, what? what? The fried slice? Have you guys ever been to England? No, I've right, never so, been anywhere so, outside so of this country other you, than you, like you, you take on the pan. other side of it. It's, it's what he cooks for her when she wakes a up. A super pan? Oh, the, in a big so What did they good. call it? He called it something else. He called it a. It's a fried slice, and it's so. What was the name good. that Stephen Fry used to? No I forgot. What you're talking about. Something in a basket or it's so egg, egg in the middle. Or... It's so good. It's the breakfast, the little toast and egg breakfast that V made for her in the morning, mm-hmm. and then that Stephen Fry made for her when she slept over. It's kind house. of a caricature. Okay. The English yeah. don't eat that as much. It's kind of like a treat. But I've had it, and it's really good. I think the fact was that no one had had it in a very long yeah. time. Yeah, it, it's awfully bad for you. It's just oh, yeah. it's just yeah. pure artery clogging deliciousness, but it is so fucking good. On those rare events when like my girlfriend has left the state or is somewhere else, <laughs> that's inevitably what I make. <laughs> I mean, it's like there's no one here to catch me. I'm a, I'm gonna eat that. <laughs> you know? it, it has a fried egg. Yeah, you you yeah, take so, you take a oh, slice of bread, you pull out the middle. I'm yeah. never gonna eat it because I don't like fried eggs. Ever. The fuck is wrong with the pair of you? <laughs> it's a texture thing. It's a it's a weird texture. How is that thing. different from the grape you're eating? A lot. It doesn't make me throw up. For one, the egg? grape is wholesome, <laughs> whereas the fried egg is artery destroying. You guys know that there's no way you're making it past eighty anyway. You know that, right? And I just <laughs> I can't. As a as a kid, my dad like tried to you know force feed me fried eggs and i would always throw them up so to this day i can't eat fried egg i can't eat anything other than like a scrambled egg even then i can't eat an omelet and i know it's just a big scrambled egg force feeding fried eggs that's one thing he didn't try in the prison i think it would have been effective <laughs> apparently yeah. you can make someone break like that you can provoke an autonomous <laughs> reaction <laughs> no i distinctly remember as a kid sitting in, like the high chair like my dad like eat it eat the fried egg and it would make me throw up. It's a therapy session. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I just... All right. So Scarlett this Johansson. This is weird. We, we need to meet every week because shit's getting weird here, guys. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> Kira Knightley, and Bryce Dallas Howard all actually were considered for the por- part of Evie. I think Kira Knightley would have done better. But Natalie Portman actually won the role in the end. I really like well, yeah, she's when British, she had, and that would have been better. When she had shaved her head. That was done in one take with three cameras. And when she was on the couch, this was after her thing. She had V had released her, mm-hmm. and she was out in the world, and she's watching the TV. That pose that she's in there, mm-hmm. like this incredibly intent, but very very vulnerable pose. Like I mean, her head is cocked at a weird angle. Her hand is is tucked back. I mean, there's no mm-hmm. fist shown. That was an incredible piece of physical acting right there. And, she I mean, is a very good physical actress. No. I, there's, like, I'm not even going to bother addressing this to Nathaniel because he's already poisoned against it because of this yeah, guy Fox know, fetish, which is why I'll be dancing around his bedroom in a mask like that. <laughs> <laughs> Fully naked and erect. Just, but, with, just with a guy Fox mask <laughs> on. Over your bed, you're going to wake up <laughs> with him looking down at but, you. Uh, <laughs> but honestly, there's there's um, oh, yeah. there is some amazing acting being done, and it may not be it's subtle. It, it may not be being done in uh, a, a loud and brash and incredibly politically correct way, but it is still magnificent acting being done here. I, I that 
has a lot to do with the cinematography, obviously. Oh, yeah. And and the cinematographer on that was Adrian Biddle. Now a lot of people Adrian don't... Biddle, I've never heard of you before, but I fucking love it's you. It's gonna man. fall on deaf ears because he's dead. Adrian Biddle. <laughs> you've biddled your last. <laughs> he know. passed away like three months before the release of the movie. No it, shit. It was, it was his he last didn't even film. get to see it succeed. No, but he's one of my favorite cinematographers. Oh, he's good. You're gonna here's he was a cinematographer on Aliens. Oh yeah. Willow. Okay, yeah. Thelma and Louise. Okay. Fourteen ninety two Conquest of Paradise. <sighs> Judge Dredd. This is another one of those great movies for everyone except for the main. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Know? Event Horizon. Wait, wait, what? Oh, Event Horizon. Uh, the Mummy yeah, 1 and good. 2. The Good Mummies. Yeah. The World is Not Enough. It was all right. And Reign of Fire, just to name a few. Yeah, it was a guilty pleasure. Those, the cinematography was amazing with, with him at the helm. Those are great movies, and anyone that says they are, are horrible, like cinematography. Oh, oh I would kick the, them. My, my problem with 1492 lay in the actors, not not. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, the, the actors, horrible. Like Gerard Depardieu, I mean. As God, <laughs> talk about nightmare fuel. That nose. Oh my God. <sighs> oh my God. My only movie, the only movie I've ever liked him, like really liked him in, was uh, one of the Musketeer movies that was done with him. But also had. Um, Let's just do all the Musketeer movies. No, no. I'm done. Actually, I think we talked about that. We doing all of do them. That. Fuck the rest of this shit. Wipe the slate. Let's. <laughs> I love Musketeer movies. Have Musketeers, we'll game. <laughs> no, going to you three times no. a week. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no. We could do a side podcast where we just do nothing but watch the shows. Would you agree, despite the content, that this was well written, Nathaniel? No. Like, okay, the, are, the are you dialogue? going because you know the the graphic novel really well, or are you going because you just didn't like the script? I thought the script was because it deviates greatly from the graphic novel. The graphic novel is just a better story. It's it's just it's a better story. But yeah, the book movie, Dune is good too. But it's but a movie. I mean, do you like do you like any part of it? Uh okay. Because uh, I I think you're 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 being liked, a little pedantic and unfair about this. I I I think you're just upset that I dislike one of your favorite movies. I do. Yeah. Sam. So, <laughs> I thought I thought we were like yeah. this man. Well, you know, we bonded over the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> we'll bond again. <laughs> and over our hatred of uh, Valerian. Well, I mean, that there is that. But I thought that everything was just so ham-fisted. It wasn't, like, a, even subtle. It was just straight up... Like, I love satire, and I love dystopian stories, and I love that kind of dark future. If you don't change your ways, things are going to go. This was so bad. This was ham-fisted. It was the Wachowskis just sort of punching you in the face and there's, with a political agenda. But there's you don't find any redeeming quality in how much of it is actually... Because this was all speculative at the time mm-hmm. this was written. How much of it has actually become what we're living right now. None of that redeems this movie to you in any way. None of it. It's just you know, gone was, because of your Guy Fox fetish. I think it's... I mean, the... The narrative is pretty appropriate dealing with what we have today. But I don't what, think that what about makes it a good movie. what about uh, the the plan? Uh, it's not Prospero. It's the other guy. Uh, the the chairman. What's his name? Which the one? high chancellor. Oh, John Hurt's character. When he's describing <laughs> the steps he took to get into Sutler. power, Sutler. Thank you. Yeah, it was just one hundred percent analog of every corrupt politician. But it ever. hadn't happened yet, yeah, and it was exactly it? what has just happened. Mm-hmm. It's really, really sad that that has happened. That doesn't make me like the movie anymore. That just makes me hate today. <laughs> <laughs> I 
All right. All right. So when so <laughs> I, I so he hates Nostradamus too. Anyone exactly, else yeah, apparently. who is <laughs> like peered through the veil of the past to get to the future? We love you, Nostradamus. Was a hack. We we love oh, you. For fuck's sake! Yeah, come on, take your it's tin a foil good hat thing off. This is empty because you're not getting any more. <laughs> All right. So the, the the comic version, Alan Moore actually wrote. Obviously, he did the graphic novel for this. If you haven't like had a chance to check out any of his graphic I novels, I wonder. I'm sorry, Dusty. I wonder if it's because I came to the graphic novel after the movie. What was your timeline in that? graphic novel way earlier. That may be it because I came That's to the movie first and earlier, then yeah. the graphic novel. You know, it depends. Uh, and I think it all depends upon production house writers and whatnot. This was barely V for Vendetta. Barely. Mm -hmm. Just basically in name and mask. That's it. The entire rest of the story might as well have been completely different. Like, yes, there was a fashion regime. It was set yeah. in, the, in the 90s, I think. And the Well, V for Vendetta, the, the graphic novel was about Margaret Thatcher. And yeah. everything that was going on in England at the time with Margaret yep. Thatcher. Um, and Alan Moore had his, he had actually had his name completely stricken from this movie. He didn't want any, yeah. no royalties, no nothing, you know, just like, you know, from hell and the league of extraordinary gentlemen and later Watchmen that were, that were ripped apart. That he hated. I don't understand. Done. I don't understand why he hated Watchmen because the only, the only thing changed in Watchmen was the alien sex scene at the end. Was the end of the movie was the, was the destroyer. The city, the place wasn't destroyed by uh, aliens. It was like uh, they turned Dr. Manhattan into the weapon to make it more appropriate to modern audiences who weren't around in the 50s for the context that the Watchmen was built in. So I get why they changed that. But the entire rest of the movie was almost shot for shot from the comics. Do you like David Lynch's Dune? I do, actually. But it has very little to do with the book. It has a lot to do with the book. It's an interpretation of some of the Fremen ideals. An interpretation, you say. <laughs> yes, As you on. stroke the microphone. Go lovingly. on. And it's also got good <laughs> actors with good writing. That and... hack John Hurt. Yeah, you're right. Good actors. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go on. That hack Hugo Weaving. Yep. Yeah. Go on. We know I you will are. break you. <laughs> I'm just no. going to turn this recording off. <laughs> you know, we didn't do this shit to Dusty. Why are you guys doing it to me? Oh, okay, okay. Oh, okay. I was like, damn, he really did. <laughs> this is unfair, guys. Well, I'm just, just looking oh, at we, Dune right we, there. We, we love you. And you that's know why. that, Nathan. Yeah. This, is all, this is all in good maybe fun. Maybe it's the tattoos. <laughs> I was just wondering how, how, how you <laughs> like, got from one to the other, because I it is it is rough for me that you don't like this. I really thought you would. I, this is coming I at me a bit from left field. it's also because we haven't been together for a few weeks. So, so. Like, We're... biblically, we haven't been together. <laughs> you know, I was face palming so hard throughout the movie. The... Uh, and it's funny because in my twenties, I actually kind of liked the movie. And, right. Uh, the first time I saw it, and then when you get, well, then I went and saw it again after giving the novel, uh, the graphic novel, a reread, and hated it. It's like, oh god, why did I like this? But one of the things about the movie that I did like was Weaving's, and this is this is not in the book, was Weaving's whole. V alliteration mm -hmm. speech. Oh, that was great. At the beginning. I loved it. That was beautiful. Yeah, that was. I liked that. I hated the Evie character. She was boring. There was nothing interesting about that character. She might as well have not even been there, and the story could have almost been the same. I didn't admire her, but I had empathy yeah. for her, which is a subtler emotion, but you know, in, in a in a heroic kind of fantasy, you know, movie, you want you want to admire the, the titular hero. 
Her uh, facial expression got... didn't change the whole time, except when she was crying. Their entire rest oh, of the time, she cried so well. Her facial expression was the same. I, I from think beginning that to end probably has something to do with Christian Haydenson from Star Wars, like burning into her and not being able to act. <laughs> <laughs> she she was was this this was fresh after Star. Yeah, oh it God, was, it was fresh after. Talk about Stockholm syndrome, man. She had Hayden nothing left. Yeah. Yeah. Christensen. <laughs> this was fresh after that. I think she was trying to redeem herself as actually being able to act. And I don't what think about, she did a good job. All right. What about what about uh, Delilah's death? That's the uh, the the old lady scientist. I didn't care. Really? We, oh, she was wow. just introduced five minutes before that. I She's thought that was incredibly that powerful. we've known for all of five minutes. Who is now suddenly dead? And I'm like, I don't care. Perhaps if they had been more hints, mm. if they had. Again, this goes back to what you were complaining about, that whole story about that facility where they did all the research. Agreed. This just sort of appears halfway through the movie. You don't even know that word means nothing to you until her death, a character that you've never heard of. I just liked yeah. his empathy with killing her. I liked I liked the situation of it. I guess it was okay. It, his I mean it was a different <laughs> it was a different way of killing. Up until that point, right. you'd only ever see him seen him be violent. Yeah. But she was the worst one. I know. Why did he? It's like, it doesn't make any sense. Given his intense feelings of vengeance, uh-huh. the fact that she was the one who was responsible for this and possibly in some ways even responsible for the entire regime existing. And he's just like, okay, I'm going to let you die, but I'm going to kill all these other fuckers. I think it was because it was a woman. I think it was hmm. because of her post actions. She was still working as like a doctor in a personal redemption attempt i guess i mean she was not at the forefront of the oppressive regime that's true she did apologize yeah and 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 i i really like that carries uh, weight it really does like when she asks is it is it meaningless to apologize and he says never right as the poison takes takes hold i think that's fucking beautiful it was okay yeah (laughs) i can go with that okay I i didn't hate that scene but i didn't feel sad because i had had no sad wasn't what i was going for i just i I felt i felt that it was a a a well-crafted thing if if you were looking at that scene from a bubble without a movie around it it would have been stunning if two actors walked in on a dark stage and just did that and then the curtain fell that would have been gorgeous by itself that could have actually been a nice little short film yeah yeah and and it was i I thought it was the my favorite piece of the movie Hmm. it's fantastic I can see that. Yeah. It was good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Nicely done. Uh, it was directed by James Mateague, uh, who is also known for the inv- movies I've never sat down to watch. Uh, the Invasion, Ninja, Assassin, uh, and several episodes of Sense8. But this was his first, this was his directorial debut. So it kind of, he knocked it out of the park for a first, you know, for a first uh, attempt at a big box office hit. I think I know you're going to disagree, Nathaniel, because there's not much that you do like about it. But and that's well, fine. Again, no, I mean, I hated Nightbreed, and I, I don't was, have any opinion on the director. No, no, not, neither no. do I. Um, I mean, he, he didn't he, write it. He well, the Wachowskis took it from Alan Moore, as we we start talking about, and Alan Moore was like, "Fuck you guys! I don't want my name on this because they completely rewrote it." It was like in the late goddamn right in the late '80s, they they actually wrote a script for it. And it got shelved because they didn't have any kind of clout in in Hollywood. And then fast forward to after the Matrix, they took it off the shelves and they said, "Hey, let's revamp this." And they uh, sat down and rewrote it, 
uh, and they came out with what they have. The Wachowskis, uh, obviously, of the Matrix fame, as well as Speed Racer, and then the Netflix series Sense8, which was recently which canceled. I loved. Um, I really liked when the uh, when the, the V-clad uh, protesters were intermingling with the troops mm-hmm. at that last rush. Yeah. That was that was good. Yeah. I, I think I liked that scene more the first time I saw it. In hindsight, I hate that scene probably more than any other scene in the movie. Do hmm. tell. Well, and it's entirely due to my personal bias against the goddamn Guy Fox mask, <laughs> which is now in, <laughs> they're everywhere <laughs> in the years since all of these all these anarchists who think they're so smart and so clever all buy this fucking Guy Fox mask. Beyond, the problem is beyond anonymous. Who are you talking about? Mostly the general anonymous because it's protesters. not like but Antifa, it's, mostly, it's not any of those folks. It's, who is it's it? anarchists? It's it's straight up anarchists who go to these protests to to cause chaos. They usually well at least the trend has died down, but at least in the years following this movie, that was the thing to do. Yeah, like, you were wore a guy fox mask. I mean, anonymous has survived yeah. on that. To this day, mm-hmm. yep, yeah. They but have. as for the rest of it, I never really realized that's a thing, and I've been relatively political, politically it, active. It spread beyond anonymous. Mm. Yeah, it was just, it just it was just annoying and makes me grumpy. People get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think one of my favorite scenes was the uh, the shootout scene towards the end, where he had the the you know you had the uh, oh what was his name. Um, Creedy and his goons, where they were all lined up and they were shooting it at V. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, now it's my turn. Uh, that scene, I think, was probably one of my favorite scenes. Um, I love that he took damage. Yeah. That he didn't just I mean, stand there. Through the, for the, through the mask. Yeah. You see the blood dripping through the mask, and that was great. That was one of the things I liked about this. What I think separates him from a black cloak is the fact that he was hurt. He was, was bad. Bad. He, he was, was killed. Only, he was only the strength of his rage he was carried only hurt. him through. He was only killed because the story deemed him to be killed at that moment. Like he every, survived. That's how every story did, that, works. That ever. whole fight didn't that's slow him based down. On the right. It, all, none, it, it slowed him way down. Yeah, he stumbled back for God's sake and died at her feet. He killed every single person exactly like he said he would before they could. But he's him. also been experimented on, so he does have that reserve. Wait, wait, wait. Here's a question. I, I think I think he's not talking about the superhero aspects. No. I, th- I think he's talking about the writing. Have you ever been truly furious? Like filled with rage and power furious? And I have to ask you this I'm and you there. can cut it later. But no, no, no. Honestly, like in your personal life, have you ever witnessed something that made you so angry oh, yeah. that you were filled with basically adrenaline at that time. Yeah. So how is that unrealistic? A woman will get out of a car crash I never and flip said a car. Oh, well, I'm sorry. What were you saying? That you just didn't like it. I just didn't like it. Oh, okay. You were saying, oh, he took damage. He did this. He didn't really take any damage. He just suddenly spontaneously manifested blood when the story deemed him to. It was <laughs> like... He Let's was. never watch Fantastic Four with him or any other X Men movie ever. Oh, we'll never watch the Fantastic Four because they're the worst. They, they wrote, well, I mean, not Hulk worst, but pretty worst. Oh. You're right. I just don't like supers. He's basically a super. Yeah, you've mentioned that before. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's that's odd because I I feel the same way. I think I think him rising from the masses to accomplish this thing would have been better as well. Like yeah. maybe, maybe wronged by the state, family thing, some sort of 
file off the serial numbers and move it across state lines origin story. I agree. I did yeah. not like the uh I want to say Arkham, but it's not Arkham. It's, it's Arkham. Let's just call it's it. It's Lark Arkham. Hill. Yeah, Lark yeah. Hill. That was useless to me. Yeah. I didn't think that was necessary. Well, I I, I want to say something real quick circling there's a technical thing that I really like about yeah? that scene also that I was making mention about when the uh, when that film was then that scene was filmed, the stuntmen involved, they literally had moved in slow motion. While filming the scene. Oh, really? So that wasn't a high-speed camera. No. That was them going. Whoa. Yeah, they moved in slow motion while uh, the Hugo Weaving stunt double, David. Uh, I'm going to butcher this last name. Leach, I think. L e i t c h. He moved in real time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that made it seem like he was moving much faster than the the rest of the secret police. It was also shot at 60 frames per second to slow really? the fingermen down. That's even it. More. Yeah. Wait I mean, because even in oh. Four, they could get to like eleven thousand. Oh yeah, I know, but this was filmed at sixty sixty frames per second. So he didn't. They had. A oh stunt. my god, that's awful. They had a. <laughs> that's the rum, right? <laughs> they had a stunt double for a guy in a mask. Yes. Shh! Don't look at it too closely. <laughs> Why was he even fucking there? Like, <laughs> but I just I, I other than the just scene, been David Prowse. Visually the scene, other, visually the scene. Tell I, mean, I, I liked it. Oh, <laughs> visually I liked the scene story wise, but on the technical side, I liked that whole thing that that they didn't use a lot of tricks on that. He just they the stunt the stuntmen involved literally slowed down and did slow motion themselves physically. To do the scene, that blood was horrible. That was bad blood. Oh, the, it was the, bad blood. Sadly, yeah. the CG did not stand up. No, it, was terrible. it did not. I I think a better origin story would have been for him to do 100 sit ups, 100 push ups, 100 pull ups, and run five kilometers every day. Yeah. And While envisioning be, the wrong things that yeah. had been done to him by the fascist <laughs> state. No, yeah. uh, that's common ground. That I can agree with. And that's a One Punch Man reference, by the way. Oh, well, I haven't seen that. But. I think having something like that. God, having, don't sip it. Just slug it. That's awful. It. It's awful. I, having some kind of a common ground, but he was just some nameless super soldier that I, again, I didn't care about him. Yeah. Like, it was, he, oh, he didn't even have a background. No. Cause he had forgotten it. How convenient. It's it, a lot of people have compared this movie as like a blueprint to social insurrection. And I disagree because he is a super. Mm hmm. And I think that they missed a very good chance to say, I mean, because they took, they pulled no punches on the rest of it. Yeah. I think they missed a very good chance to make him an average Joe who just fought ahead, planned, and did his thing. Or even Equilibrium. Christian Bale, that movie, like, you haven't seen it? No. It's basically the same movie, but instead of a masked vendetta dude, he's a cop. Who's really good with I dis- guns? I disagree. Yeah. I disagree, and I think I think Equilibrium, as much hype and as as much of a cult following. I, I like the movie. I'm gonna let me preface that. It's not that good. It's not. I think a it's good got a better movie. hero. It's I I, yeah. I don't think so. I don't think it has a better hero. I don't think it's that good of a, a story. I mean, I like the movie, but it's. Eh. And unfortunately, uh, I, it came out around the same time as the Matrix, so people labeled it as a Matrix ripoff. When it wasn't, it was a completely different story, yeah, but completely different story. But it in a universe where words like fam are taking hold, like I just what? fam, fam, like family, fam. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I do love a literate alliteration movie. I, I think it's incredibly important yeah. mm-hmm. to our shared social consciousness of what words are. And that's a theme that echoes through this entire movie oh, of, yeah. of 
words being immortality, words being power, words mm-hmm. and thoughts being the only thing you can't take from a person. There's a whole thing behind the scenes of this movie with the letter V, if you like really notice going through the whole movie. What? You mean where he speaks about it for five minutes? No, 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 not, not that. Well, there is that <laughs> introductory Yeah, monologue. it was super subtle, but I think yeah. I caught it. Um, I have some of them if you'd like to hear them. Uh, top ten. There is ten anyways. Give me. Uh, well, there's the introductory monologue. Yes. Okay. Uh, v notes that Evie's name is special, pronouncing it as E-V is the fifth letter of the alphabet, and V is Latin for five. Uh, v is held in the Lark Hill cell number V, Latin for five. Yeah. Well, that was obvious. The phrase on V's mirror, which is uh, V, very uh, venersome, vicious Vicky. By the power summon the ancient evil. Exactly, yes. <laughs> by the power of truth, I, a living man, have conquered the universe. Uh, the scar on Evie's forehead in the shape of a sideways V. Uh, in a dance with Evie, the song V chooses is number five on his jukebox, if you look closely. Um, there's also when V confronts Creedy in his house, he plays Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. The film's title itself is a reference for V for Victory, obviously. After the battle, when V is mortally wounded, he leaves a V signature of his own blood. Mm-hmm. When the group of V's marches, Big Ben shows the time at 11.05, making a V on the clock face. Uh, 11.05 is also the month and day of format of 5th of November. And the destruction of Old Bailey in Parliament results in a display of fireworks which form the letter V. Yeah. I didn't like the fireworks. No. Fireworks were bad. Yeah. 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 And, and not just from a CG not standing up point, but just... Okay, so you blew up a building. How did you manage the fight? Come on now. How did he blow up the entire parliament building with that one train? Uh, parliament is actually still heated by gas. Okay. All he had to do was ignite the line. Those were not gas explosions. Those were bomb explosions. And fireworks dynamite. coming out of everything? That's the part that I yeah. didn't like. I was like, <laughs> the, come on. I mean, were, is it on a building and, in the and, back and, that he had set up on a seismic train, timer? Maybe. Like, no, the train's gone, man. No fuses uh, are going to work. Yeah. So it was and then clearly, you have to shoot up through the rubble. Oh, that, but it I, did everything in like a queer, perfectly, beautifully timed demolition. It's a move. No, no, no. I, I hey, get man. That. <laughs> if it's, if it's supposed to represent a thing, but clearly it was no, a I demolition. Know. I know. Like, yeah. I, um, the, only, the only way I thought my way around it is he planted it on a building behind it possible uh, with some sort of timer that's giving a reach yeah yeah but. personally i didn't like it i didn't like that part there no, was sir. there is a, a part i did not yeah. like yeah no, I'm, I'm i'm glad like. that they they hugo weaving went in and redubbed all his entire script through the whole movie they initially put a microphone in his hairline for the wig and then one inside the mask but it was not working so they took it all off, let him do his do everything, and then after everything yeah. was said and done, they went back into the studio and they completely dubbed his entire script once again. Which, I mean, there's a mask on, so it's easy. Yeah, how do they match the lip movements? <laughs> I got to say, the, the concept, and this was uh, basically when, you know, the whole kerfluffle of Fox News first mm-hmm. came around, that the concept of Fox Nation is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, it is. We're basically living it right now. Eh, not us. We're on the West Coast. We're fine. But <laughs> I mean, just just this dystopian future done by ourselves and done out of fear. Oh yeah, resonates more now than it's when frightening it, when it we when it was at, released. We laughed at it then because uh, no, we didn't because we we, we were in okay, Bush one point zero and Rush Limbaugh was still relevant. 
It, it was a very scary movie at the time. Yeah, this was, but heavily, it's more scary now. Heavily focused in George Bush American politics. Oh yeah. yeah, and that's one of the reasons why Alan Moore didn't want yeah. anything to do with it because it took away the Margaret Thatcher aspect and Hollywoodized Bush. Yeah, and that's why he was like, "Screw you guys! I'm going home. I don't want anything for this. I don't want my name anywhere near it. I want any money for it. F off." But interestingly enough, the first person that had a crack at writing the script. Uh, Hillary Henkin, who wrote, we talked about this and made fun of it last time, Roadhouse. Roadhouse! (laughs) And Romeo is Bleeding had written an early adaptation of the graphic novel, uh, which was apparently singled out as one of Hollywood's best unproduced scripts in a 1993 LA Times article. And it was described as a wild, overtop saga, a cross between Les Mis and a clockwork orange. That actually sounds a lot like the comic book. Yeah. There's a great line in this movie. Which well, There's a lot of great lines in this movie. A revolution without dancing is a revolution not worth having. That's a good line. <laughs> yeah, that, that is, is a good, good line. line. Yeah. There are a lot what else of really you got for lines. us, Dusty? Well, we pretty much went over most of my little, like, Nathaniel was seething over all my, my historical <laughs> tidbits into this. And that's, you know, Nathaniel, that, no, that's I, just, I, just, great because... I just want to say this is okay. It's okay that you don't agree with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it doesn't make you less wrong, but it, that it's okay that you believe wrong things. I just want you to know that. <laughs> He's glaring at both of I, I don't know if that's glaring or if that's and the straw that broke the camel's back. I'm not sure what's happening Well, it's what, there. four shots of, of old granddad and, and then half a shot of your piss poor rum. I like my piss poor rum. It's pretty terrible. I it's know, bad. but I like it. Uh, this does tie into like one diabetes. of my favorite books, The Count of Monte Cristo. And now, the book, many yes, the ways, book is great. Many, and many, I've many ways. It. Yeah. And I actually like the, I like the movie version that was done in what, like 2000 um, uh, of The Count of Monte Cristo, uh, even though it's a very condensed version, but it is one of my favorite movies. I mean, obviously, there are parallels to The Count of Monte Cristo in this, but uh, I like the comparison mostly between V and Edmund Dantes. That's Agreed. the biggest yeah. thing that I like because in both stories, the hero escapes and unjust and traumatic imprisonment. And then spends fucking decades trying to take vengeance on his oppressors under a new persona. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's 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 explicit in portraying V as the this embodiment of an idea rather than an an individual. Well, it's it's not it's not even an idea. It's 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 words, and I, I think Some I think that, that's valid. I mean, he's like that you can't kill an idea, and I'll, I'll agree with Nathaniel on this. It is heavy-handed, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make it less true. True. And um, I, I love the oh, the underlying concept throughout the whole movie of ideas and words having power mm-hmm. and not being killable. Because when you live in a totalitarian fascist state, you don't have much else. No. So ideas lead to deeds. But the problem for me is that I don't – if I watch a dystopian story, I don't want a happy ending. Because a happy ending makes you forget about what you saw. The unwashed masses go and they pay their money and they go see a movie like this. And it's so over the top. But they only care about the action because all of the message is sort of lost. What they come out with that is Hugo Weaving has a good voice. Natalie Portman's hot. And shit blew up. I don't, happy ending. Yay. I don't think Everything it necessarily has a happy ending. Well, good thing that's not us here in America, right? Because <laughs> those Brits, well, you know, fuck them. But they got they got the taken care of, I guess. We, this is what happens when we you got have socialized medicine. <laughs> we got some problems. 
We just blow them up, you know, <laughs> drop some nukes on them. It'd be good. <laughs> this you walk out of this movie and you can feel good because there was a happy ending. I don't the, the, again. The, I don't the, think there was a happy the, ending. The police stood down. The protesters got up. The people rose up. Everything blew up. Woo, America! Seriously, it's it's not a really. I'm not, not with them on this. Are it's you? Not a no, good I'm not. No. <laughs> It's, I, it's think it was not, a, it was I don't a, think it's it was, dystopian. I think it's prophetic. It was. I think it was a bit of both, but it's definitely dystopian. I mean, Mad future. Max is dystopia. No, yeah. Mad Max is post-apocalypse. Uh, well, dystopia is something like... Gattaca is dystopia. Gattaca How's that? Snowpiercer okay. would be Snow, post-apocalypse. Yeah. Snowpiercer's a fucking but, apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, 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 I would say that this is... Less of that and more of current events, sadly. At the time, this was a dystopian future film, mm. and it technically still is because it still takes place far in the future. No, technically you're right. Even, even though the comic book was not written in that point, you're right. No. I'm about the movie. Yeah. If we're going to talk about the comic book, we should stop no, this and I can start saying good things. Stop talking about <laughs> Let's not talk about the comic and, book. And I, I will agree with you. The comic book is fantastic. Uh-huh. I don't particularly like the art, but the writing is... Yeah, oh, I personally so thought good. the art was kind of crappy. It, no, it wasn't crap. It was just I okay. I didn't like the style you know? for it. It was just me. okay. But the writing of of the graphic novel oh, Alan Moore was is amazing. amazing. It was great. I thought all the characters were more nuanced. They had more interesting And I'll, I'll join you this yeah. far on, on your side of the fence. I will say that it is a better story than the movie. But we're not have comic books will game. So... <laughs> <laughs> I, I really which I'm, be on I'm that down podcast. to do. Yeah. I mean, I I'd, I'd love to go off on the ethics of the Punisher for a while. That would be but. fun. <laughs> we could do <laughs> that movie version, or no? Yeah. God, no! Bite your tongue, sir. <laughs> you know, it's funny that because uh, ever since we had Bassam and Cranny on the show, I've been listening to their podcast and. I've been listening specifically I've wanted, I've, to as I've, there's many cereals the, left, you know. I, I mean, there's there's Ducktales and yeah, TMNT, but, but I've been also listening to specifically the ones about because they in our episode of the Ninja Turtles we had this aside where they were talking about how Casey Jones isn't what you remembered him. Oh, agreed. Yeah. <laughs> so listening to other episodes about Casey Jones is hilarious, and essentially, yeah, he's like the freaking Punisher. <laughs> 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 like, how did this guy get on TV in a children's show? <laughs> Fuck, the Punisher's been in the Marvel Universe cartoons. In his little spandex suit and his thick back hair. That Punisher. Not not yeah. the not the new PTSD Punisher from Daredevil, but that was good. Yeah. So but yeah, I don't think this is a good uh dystopian story. I think it tried to be, but I think the again, in Wachowski fashion, they close everything out with a nice bow on top and it I think if they you know, I think if what if the I think it would have been better. If they hadn't collapsed the government, I think if it was the protesters had smart. been killed. If something like that had happened, if the military had been like, "Oh, well, fuck these guys," and just filled the crowd with bullets, and there had actually been something truly dystopian to happen, well, that that doesn't have anything to do. I don't think that has anything to do with the Wachowskis or the writers or or no, that. They're the writers. That has no. That has more to do with the production company going. We don't want that to be shown, so we need you because we're fronting you fifty-five million dollars to do this movie. You're going to write the script the way we want it. To. I don't. If know. not, that, that happens gonna, a lot. But it's get, the Wachowskis. They didn't have any clout. I mean, they had what? the Matrix. They had the they Matrix. Had one, they one were, clout at that they, point in time. They were hot shit at the time. The Matrix. The Matrix now, was a big. deal. I understand that, yeah. but it not enough to carry into like. Go it redeems Keanu Reeves, want. and that oh, that yeah. was hard to do yeah. at the time. That 
I mean, I'm sorry. I think Keanu Reeves has been a good you actor. You do now. No, I've always thought Keanu Reeves is a good actor. Really? Yes. Really? I've always liked him. Fuck you. Yes, I have. I, really? Yes. That, you. I don't know. I, I Keanu has grown into it. Yeah. He, he was has, not a but good I've actor always, at all since times. Bill and Ted, I have liked him as an actor. Okay. The Wachowskis. <laughs> I'm picking on him today, but you're next week. <laughs> the, I'm coming I'm fine after with you. That. I'm, the we, Wachowskis' we name was synonymous with dollar bills at that time. Yeah. Like, they, they could literally they, do no wrong. They could and literally they did everything poop on a sheet of paper after and make a movie out of it. The Matrix. Yeah. Matrix 2 was horrible. Matrix 3 was horrible. And they made a shit lot of money. Speed Racer was good and the only reason was, the only reason speed racer was good was because of all the fucking psychedelic uh graphics I think you're that were talking done about it. this from a movie fan standpoint from the time have movies will game i know <laughs> from from a meta standpoint the wachowskis at that after the matrix hollywood thought the wachowskis could do no wrong and, and i didn't need even even and, need to see matrix two or three yeah. they didn't need to go and do two more well i again, liked the mech damn it again that's movie opinions but opinions of reality was that hollywood basically Worship the Wachowskis at that time. Can we do Pacific Rim? I'm fine I with really that. Would love yeah, to do let's that do movie. Pacific Rim. Maybe that's what we'll, we'll all like. We'll put, we know what we'll put that in, in instead of uh, the one where we took said we were gonna have to take one out. Yeah, let's 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 ditch Christmas. Yeah, and and Christmas. Christmas. Pacific Rim <laughs> <Christmas> story <laughs> so, and do a okay. Pacific Rim. We have rambled Job. on. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that being said, I, th- I think it's all good. Um, I, I wanted I wanted to to speak to you one last time before we move into your segment. And I understand all 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 hipstery tight tight pants jokes aside, I get where you're coming from. But I, I still think that there's enough kernels in this movie to make it a good movie. There's enough moments when if if you take the things you don't like aside, that you can find a lot of good in it. I agree. I completely and agree. I think that there were good elements, but I would not say it was a good movie. Okay. I got nothing. I've I've yeah, I, I've I've ran this one back and forth enough. So yeah, I lo- I love this movie. I love the shit out of it. I think it's a fantastic movie. I yeah, I yeah. think it's great. Also, yeah. I mean there are, there are things that don't hold up te- technologically wise. Te- I think I said that right on the technological side. Yeah, there are things that don't hold up. So, like some of the CG doesn't, but it's in my opinion, it's it's well written. It's beautifully shot in a lot of scenes. Mm. Uh, I disagree that the card the characters are cardboard i think they have some decent depth to them maybe not the Sama abyss not so much, they're not the Sama abyss deep but they don't know deep. what that Sama abyss the Sama, the Sama abyss is in the north atlantic it's near where the titanic sank it's a deep spot in the ocean yeah okay. it's a it's a almost like a i thought he was down. referencing a movie too it's no, okay. no 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 <laughs> s-o-h-m the Sama abyss um, it's not that deep. Well, but... I'm out, mama. Right. <laughs> I got a, I got a mud pit in my backyard. It's pretty deep. <laughs> this movie floats in my mud pit, though. It ain't that deep. All right, let's let's go ahead and take a break. Okay, when we come back, will uh, Nathaniel will lead us into how he would game this movie? Atrocity of a movie. <laughs> You said it, not me. <laughs> no, I, I was go. I was like preempting what you were saying. All right, let's take a break. All right. Hello, listeners. This is Dusty. Thank you for checking in, and I am your co-host with arguably the better voice out of the three of us. This week's episode is brought to you by Guardian Games, who we are proud to have as our sponsor. Guardian Games is Portland's largest gaming store, where they have almost every game 
you can think of, be it role-playing, board games, card, mini, even video games. They also have a ton of gaming-related material and swag. And if you're over 21, have a drink in the back at the Critical Sip. They have a fantastic and incredibly knowledgeable staff, and they are the hub of a very diverse and friendly gaming community. Check out Guardian Games when you can. You will not be disappointed. And thanks for listening. Back from our break, bum, ready bum, to bum. talk about gaming. Was it a bump up a bump time, Dusty? It's always a bump up a bump time. You got to save those for special occasions. I only do it when I come. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or God, I have this like mental yeah. picture in my head of you like standing there like a Superman pose. Standing? Like, How do you think I fuck? I'm fucking fat. <laughs> no, you think you st- I stand? <laughs> no, like standing up when you're done and be like, this is arms, not a vertical exercise, arm, man. <laughs> arms like on your hips, just like standing like Superman. Bum. All right, now I have to try that. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, special occasions. So we're back to talk about some gaming about this movie that I'm sorry. everybody knows. I mean, you, you think me orgasming in a Superman onesie is a special occasion, but oh. it happens more often than you might think. <laughs> we should keep that in, too, no. because that's beautiful. I got my pockets full of kryptonite, yeah. It makes me last longer. The kryptonite, just put that right in there. Just get it. Just, and I even just... brought the spin doctors back. I'm so pleased with myself. Please carry on. Carry on. I'm so sorry, Nathaniel. I think this podcast is done for the night. I think I think that's that's as far as this oh, goes. Oh, Nathaniel has more. We're good. You know what? You're on a roll, Matthew. I'm just going to immediately turn this over to you. No, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, all right. Uh, do you want me to do the gaming thing? Yeah, do yes. it right now. Okay. So I have a campaign, and I, I think it's... I think Nathaniel might agree that it has more immediacy for people who feel Nathaniel's way about the movie than people who feel my way about the movie. And my way. And, yeah, yeah, and, and Dusty. I, I, th- I think you might like this. So um, I call this uh, campaign hook Finger Man. Finger bang, bang, you <laughs> With a uh, Superman onesie. Wh- Ooh, whenever possible. <laughs> I mean, I prefer underdog, you know. Oh, well, that, wow. That's... that's that, Self-explanatory. That that right there. That's underdog. While the chancellor and his immediate cabinet have been killed and Parliament blown up, there remains a vast network of the fascist state that needs to be dismantled. So, uh, you, uh, the PC, are an average citizen of England dealing with the events immediately following the movie. You and your neighbors took part in the march on Parliament. Man, you suck at charades. What, what <laughs> um, I'm listening. I just wanted to look. All right. Uh, you and your neighbors took part in the, the march on Parliament. Uh, you faced the guns of the soldiers and marched on. You saw the explosion of Parliament with your own eyes. You went home. You talked to your neighbors in the streets about what you saw. You stayed out long past the old curfew, like reveling in your new freedom to, to stay out. Your neighborhood fingermen, five in total, told you to disperse. You and your neighbors, fresh off your victory, refused you fought you won with the other pcs who will be your neighbors in this you're going to be a neighborhood unit you picked up the weapons that the fingerman dropped if you search in the leader's pocket is a business card with his bosses the head fingerman for that district's name and telephone number it's time to get a little of your own back Mm -hmm. it's time to seek a little revenge uh the pcs can trace the chain of command up until they start meeting organized resistance. As fingermen start dropping as the apparat of the old 
regime is destroyed, they will start banding together to fight the citizens coming after them. So the battles will get bigger and bigger and more and more organized as you work your way up the chain of the Fingerman Command. Okay. Um, they'll start banding together to uh, resist the incursions of the people who used to be their, their, their sheep, the people they impressed. If the PCs survive the large clash, and I think there should be at least one large clash, perhaps at a central office of the Fingermen, okay. some, something of, of their bureau, the chief Fingerman, uh, on his body or in his office, they will find information leading to a black site where the political prisoners of the former regime are being held. Will the PCs stage a raid to free them? What is the media doing in this time? Because the media was also an apparatus of the government. Um, so you can take this basic idea of working up through a neighborhood to becoming an organized unit, seeking to take down what remains of, um, of a fallen regime. Because just because you kill the leaders, that doesn't mean it's gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're not free and clear and, oh, happy day. It's rice and fucking, you know, cake for everybody. There is a lot of holdover. Uh, there's going to be a police station, which is still operating under old rules until new ones are passed down. There's going to be a military, which is effectively without a commander-in-chief. The media, of course. Um, you notice that there was rationing going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't see a need for rationing beyond control of the population. So, I mean, an organized neighborhood could work its way up to dictate what this new country, this newly freed country is going to become. And I think that would be an amazing long-term multi-year campaign. That could be fun. And that's what I have. It starts, of course, with fighting the local, the local bad boys in your neighborhood, the mm-hmm. Fingermen. But after you go on to uh, free the political prisoners, what, how you, that's presented to the media will actually take you into the realm of heroes and possible political leaders for the future. There's a lot of things that are, are targeted if you're looking to change. There is, of course, the Fingerman organization, the media of the state, which either has to be co-opted or destroyed and replaced, um, and, of course, the political prisoners to be freed. Mm-hmm. And I think this would make a fascinating multi-year campaign. And it just starts out with normal people. Sounds good. Who are told to I go like back it. inside, and they're like, fucking make me. And that's what I got. That's fascinating. I was not even thinking of that aspect. Again, and this is why I'm really glad that you started doing this segment. Because yeah, I think you adding it is gold. I, I, I like that you've added this over, over what the you lot just of episodes. described is the 90s political punk rock RPG Underground. I never heard of it. I haven't thought of that game in years, but that's it. Like, nice. you complete with a build out and expand your neighborhood mechanic oh really yeah nice it is the the dystopian 1990s dark future role-playing game can't believe i didn't think about that i think it would be interesting the entire series you could use google maps for this you could use google maps for this entire oh yeah definitely my i was not inspired by this movie so it was really difficult for me to come up with something so i kind of crap shot and my take is not going to be fun so let's talk about this movie's themes what's gameable from what you saw in this movie what's actually gameable because i mean it's not a party clearly not There's, not in the movie form no i had yeah. to work to get that you, you had to work <laughs> yeah. to get that yeah yeah i mean because the 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 gm is going to be v pretty much no no no, no v, v the the resistance is the theme of the game okay the resistance 
Um, but it would only work with one player as written in the movie. Yeah. Possibly two. I mean, but I, I always like to take my hook that I write to be immediately after the movie. Okay. Essentially, you kind of gotta. Yeah. I mean, either that or, or something just inspired by it, it or yeah. parallel. Like, uh, but yeah, having, when, when, when taking inspiration from a movie for a game, very rarely have actually almost, ne- I don't think I've ever looked at a movie <laughs> or a TV show and thought, I want to play that out beat for beat. No. Now, there are some really funny web comics that do that. Mm-hmm. The D- Dungeon, or is it the uh, DM of the Rings is one, which is which takes the Lord of the Rings movies shot by shot and then plays them out in a comic book like it's a D&D game. Oh, uh, okay. I've seen a Star Wars one and for that. there's a Star yeah. Wars one, Darths and Droids. Yeah, it starts from the, episode one and starts goes episode one and all, goes the, way all the way up. That sounds horrific. It is it's awesome. hilarious. <laughs> Because you're reading it as the players playing the characters, making the dumbest possible choices. <laughs> um, at one point in the Lord of the Rings series, when uh, so, so they, when the hobbits leave the party, when Frodo and Sam are like going off to, uh-huh. to separate, they explain it in the comic as their players are getting tired of the game and decided they're going to go join this other group that's going to go play Star Wars. That's when the Darth Zendroid <laughs> comics begins. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we're not really digging this anymore. Characters are just a little underpowered next to, you know, the elf and the dwarf and Aragorn over here. So yeah. we're just going to go play some Star Wars. Anyway, I digress. I've never taken inspiration from a movie to the point that it's literally. So usually it's like, do I want a game in that world? Or do I want to make a character based on that guy? Even in my most hyper-metabolic, self-masturbatory teenage gaming years, even mid-middle school, I don't think I ever imagined myself playing a character as over-the-top badass as V. That's just a little too much. I was just never, I was never that lame. I never had that power trip. I've been that lame. (laughs) (laughs) I've been like three different kinds of that lame. I've... But you have to have powerful villains to work that against. Otherwise, it's, you know, otherwise, it has to work in stages. Otherwise, it's exactly like it was in the movie, and he cheesed through everything and actually had no conflict, except at the end. And even then he won. Oh, it's just a scratch. I have I mean, no comment on that, Senator. He, he was the unstoppable badass. He was Driz the Word. He was <laughs> Dark Elf Ranger with two sharp blades. Might as well have had a pet <laughs> panther. He was... Dritzed. Yeah, Dritzed. Yep. <laughs> So this movie did not inspire me, clearly. Obviously. We've had this conversation all night. But I like your take on it, Matthew. My initial bringing, or uh, sorry, my words here. My initial take was to just pitch Savage Worlds. Savage Worlds is something that I could easily see building any of those characters in. Like V would be a legendary build character with a crap load of experience points. While uh, Evie would simply be... Evie would be kind of the everyman. I mean, there's there's really three characters I might be able to identify as playable here. Uh, v, Evie, and Finch. Yeah. They're the ones that have the most yeah, action. Yeah, Finch could be playable. They're the easily. ones that follow the most leads. Uh, they have the most scenes. They do the most things. So I guess they would technically be considered the heroes. If we were to build a story like this from multiple perspectives at the same time. Uh, I think I could also do it with uh, War of Darkness or Unknown Armies or any kind, anyone that 
that encourages a non-party-based game. Yeah. It's if, more fun for a party, though. It is more fun for a party. It keeps everybody involved. And What's that one you were talking about? Is it on your shelf? I do not have the books of Underground. Huh. I did not even think about it until you read that aloud. And boom, Underground. You just described it, and it's perfect. But the truth is, I was so uninspired by this movie that I was just like, I just got to pick something generic and go with it and hope it doesn't get voted on. <laughs> <laughs> See, the, my problem is, is that I, I think it would be a lot of fun to pursue criminals through government. I think that would be a fantastic game. That's not a dark sorcerer with a princess. Mm-hmm. That's not uh, the end of the world. That's just That's just improving your own life as a citizen. And I think that would be a very interesting game and a very thought-provoking game. I can see that. Yeah. I do like the concept of fighting your way up the ladder. Yeah. That's very Double Dragon. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's not only that, but I mean, uh, unless you're old money from a family of politics, that's how you start. You see an injustice and you go about looking to fix it. That's how you end up in politics unless you come from an old money political family, is you have a cause and you go for it. And I, I like the subtext that as these people... The, the players are cleaning up their country. They are becoming what the country is going to become. And, it could be, and that can be dangerous, too. But Oh, yeah, it can. But that's what makes it a good story. No, no, I <laughs> yeah. agree with you completely. We could also use the Mistborn adventure game. I just realized that V for Vendetta, the movie, is Mistborn. Basically, without the magic. Yeah. Basically, Mistborn. Complete with you were so angry at this. Yeah. <laughs> <You didn't. laughs> book on the table, motherfucker. <laughs> Mistborn is an amazing book, series of books by Brandon A. Sanderson, and uh, some may know him as the person who took over when Robert Jordan kicked the bucket, mm-hmm. the Wheel of Time series. Sanderson finished. Yeah, it. It, I, 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 I share that same shrug and. Yeah. Eh. That you just gave. I actually feel the same, but that's where he, a lot of yeah. people, he got a lot of acclaim from finishing. I, I, I just Jordan's never books. was able to engage with Jordan. I was never able to engage. I didn't finish the first book. Yeah. I got halfway through and I was like, I don't I care. know there are anyway, people yeah, that just ahead. love it. But, but uh, Mistborn, the first book, uh, The Final Emperor, or The Final Empire, I think is what it's called, is almost scene for scene, this movie, in a magical world. But the same premise, you know, this oppressive, uh, dystopian empire ruling over these people treating them like trash stealing them killing them raping them whatever they want to do and then from out of nowhere comes this weird hero this masked hero who comes around and bothers to fight them dies in the end and inspires the hero young heroic woman to uh become his protege and move forward it's it's almost the same thing i thought about going in that and leading a revolution with her tail and her lieutenants but then the party wouldn't be equal you know, it would be a leader and henchmen. And, yeah. Which wouldn't, be, I don't think it would be as fun. Probably not. Yeah. I don't think she would want to be a leader, but either way, yeah. I, she, I wouldn't want to play I don't think she's interesting enough to be a player yeah. character. Yeah. <laughs> and something like this, if we were to take your story, I think it would be more interesting if everybody made their own characters. Yeah. What are you? I'm a fucking baker. Well, I'm in IT. Well, I'm in yeah. this, that, or the other. And they had some reason to yeah. be in the fight other than. That I mean, or they're a rugby the movie, team or something. You in know? the movie, it's clear through the people's reactions when they were watching TV that they weren't happy. No, mm-hmm. no, yeah, it was very clear. Yeah. Sitting in the bar, they weren't happy. In the diner, they weren't happy. It just, but they had to go along with it. They had to go with the yeah. status quo until someone said something. Yeah. So, which would you recommend? I don't know. 
Any of these? Or do you the want? Deal. Do you want to go with I, the one that matched? Or the is this going to be a or? Short, very short side of the gaming? Well, that's okay. <laughs> we have a lot of the movie one. We I have mean, a lot of the yeah. movie. We we can. There, there's there's going to be stinkers sometimes. <laughs> Too bad we Night haven't breed. hit it yet. <laughs> Nightbreed was palladium, and you shut your mouth. <laughs> no, I'm just the movie itself, stinker. No, but uh, so here's the deal. I am not equipped to talk about Underground right now. I haven't played it since the 90s. It had a brief resurgence like a year ago. I think there was a bundle of all the books that went out. I have all the books on digital format. It's not a bad game. It is very rooted in the 90s. Like the That's art, cool. the styles, the attitude that is clearly built is, on that Is it kind of like White Wolf's ingrained 90s look of artwork for Vampire the Masquerade? Well, the night... night it looks like it was upgraded in 05. Yeah. So, around, hey, what do you know? Around the same time. Uh, so, uh, World of Darkness had some really cool 90s-tastic art, mm-hmm. but it was more dark and edgy. Yeah. This is more zany. Think of it. This is to the 90s. It feels more like Transmetropolitan right. than it does that. Vampire. I know you're a fan of that, but it, yeah. th- that doesn't mean anything to me. Sorry. Uh, but it is that dystopian view of the 90s. It is that it is a post-cyberpunk game. It's called Underworld? Underground. 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 I'm looking okay. at it now. Yeah. I wish I could actually talk about this game and extol its virtues, but following your description and the way that you think a campaign would play after this, I think Underground is perfect for this. It uses the DC hero system. Apparently, uh, set in 1993 uh, is a commentary on the politics and society of the early 90s as expressed through the year 2021. Uh, GM needs to put hard limits for it to work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the big thing about Underground <laughs> has going for it is the system where you can affect real change in a society. This gives the PCs yep. a concrete thing to strive for from the get-go. Yeah. Oh, I want to play this right now. Yeah, you it's actually build has, out your neighborhood. You can like protect it from. This actually looks really and, interesting. This like, is this is by May- Mayfair Games, right? I don't remember who okay, it was by. I'm, okay, yeah. is this it? Okay, so it's fantastic. The f- so I, I just uh, the future timeline of Underground begins with a UFO crash in 1996 in the Florida Everglades. The UFO was a small escape pod from a large interstellar starship and contained a pair of lobster-like aliens codenamed Alpha and Omega. While officially a secret, the entire world witnessed the crash, and the secrets of the UFO leaked to the entire world within a year. Apparently, the alien technology was based entirely on manipulation of amino acid chains and advanced biotechnology, which started a revolution in genetic engineering. This resulted in major corporations and the wealthy gaining even more power and becoming far more decadent while the poor remained oppressed. That actually really works for the movie as far as the story goes. Because, I mean, they bioengineered him in an attempt to seize power in the government. Rapper activists Flavor Flav and Chuck D. Yes! Are assassinated on yes! August eleventh, nineteen ninety-eight, in Columbus, Georgia, by <laughs> a psychotic off-duty policeman. Well, that kind of resonates now. Uh, their untimely deaths are commemorated in a national holiday called Chuck D Day, celebrated on the first Monday in August. So it's a zany timeline. It's that weird kind of self-aware humor of the nineties uh-huh. that mixes both a dystopian. Uh, being upset with the current state of affairs of politics in the early 90s. Well, well apparently at this yeah. point, if it, in this game, America is still America. 
because in 2003, the United States has forcibly annexed most of Canada as the 58th through 58th states, and Puerto Rico and Cuba are absorbed as the 59th and 60th states. Yeah. Quebec separatists managed to form an independent Quebec and absorb the maritime provinces right before the American annexation, creating the People's Republic of Quebec, a communist state allied with Neo-Deutschland, the United States, Mexico, and Central America, minus the Neo-Vatican, joined to form the North American Confederation. This is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I want to I hear the, the neighborhood mechanic, personally. But it might uh, not be on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, probably not. Yeah. But um, I don't know. So what's your, what's your recommendation? Final answer. A recommendation would be underground. Okay. I, I know oh my God, we kind of awesome. go for this whole surprise thing, and that's pretty fun. Uh, so I'm not upset. I'm actually I'm not upset with you. I know we we tried to talk about this earlier. I wanted to keep it a surprise, but whatever. I didn't like this movie, but I think Underground would do your story well. Yeah. Well, there'll be another story for the next movie. Yeah. Fuck it. So well, in answer to your question, uh, the system uh, is down. As part of the da, political da, 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 and social da, 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 nature da, da, da. of the game, and to encourage games to be about righting the many wrongs in the setting, the designer included parameter rules, a mechanism wherein the players could change the entire setting. The rules allowed the players to change the parameters of an area or even the country or the whole world. The drawback is that affecting one parameter like quality of life or education would adjust another like take-home pay or wealth. The players, because they are heroes, can change parameters without penalties if they perform actions that lead to change with enough time and effort. Interesting. It's a pretty cool game. All right, so yeah. uh, V for Vendetta, Underground. V for Vendetta, yeah. Underground. I feel off my game today, but You whatever. basically start as V. A player character begins as he's discharged from service as a genetically enhanced warrior who has been conditioned to think of himself as an ultraviolet superhero. I, I don't think yeah, we should yeah, do yeah. that. We would, <laughs> uh, that. That would be wrong. I, I, I like the everyman. Yeah. Was it? But just, was it I'm Savage Worlds that main, had that? Because I just bought that book, but I haven't read it Savage yet. Savage Worlds had yeah. what? The, the Everyman. No, Feng Shui 2. Ah, Feng Shui 2. That's the one you bought. Yeah. yeah. Well, I bought Savage Worlds yeah. too, because you know, it came up It's a, a great game. And it, it looked interesting. And I wanted to read it. it's going to come up many times. All right. It's, it's an extremely cinema-driven game, so there will be many movies cinema for which Savage driven Worlds games is the best. for cinema Movies, <laughs> yeah. That, Way to sell it, Dusty. <laughs> we we haven't Words. met in a while. Yeah, and I feel it's like it's been a few weeks. We're a little rusty, so actually, I think this yeah. was a really good episode. I, I feel on my game. I've had yeah. alcohol, so who cares? I had two yeah. decently good sized shots, and I had alcohol, and then I had something that was rum and sweet, which I don't know <laughs> really classifies as you alcohol. Go from one eleven, yeah. I think that rum was one fourteen, sir. One fourteen. That and down your rum to, is seventy. Yeah. It's not that high. I know. Maybe that. I'm just off my game. I, yeah, it's, it right. it's been a while since I have done oh. the podcast. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> Scowling at me so hard. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back in uh, two weeks. Nickelback. No, that was Nickelback. stained. Stained is even worse. It's not Buck Cherry worse. Uh, <laughs> better than Creed. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's at least we can agree on that. <laughs> One, two, one. The only one is one. <laughs> All right. So on that note, that's where we're leaving you. Right there with Stained and Creed vibrating in your ear and open <laughs> contempt for us in your heart. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. I was Matthew. And I was Dusty. And I'm Nathaniel. And we need to end this before we get shot. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of our show. We're a new name in the enormous sea of podcasts and appreciate any feedback that you can send our way. If you like what you've heard, or even if you didn't, please leave us a review and let us know. Got a movie or a game that you want to hear us talk about? Drop us a comment on our website at havemovieswillgame.com or hit us up on any of the usual social networks. We'd love to hear from you. The opening theme music is Rock and Gravel by Sid Valentine's Patent Leather Kids, part of the public domain and found on publicdomain4u.com. Opening narration is provided by Isaac Scher. Half Movies Will Game is distributed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you again next week.